Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. Just in this moment, just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the victory today. Thank you for the peace today. You don't have to feel it yet to put a little thanks on credit and just say, I believe it's coming. I believe I'll have it. The joy I need, the peace I need, the breakthrough, it's already in Christ. I don't have to strive for this. I don't have to fight for this. I don't have to beg for this. Jesus already has it. I've got to realize where I'm seated. I need a revelation of where I'm seated. I need an understanding of where I'm seated. Give it to us today, Lord. Help us to see. We are already victorious because Jesus won the victory. He's my champion, my undefeated champion. Better than Floyd Mayweather, my undefeated champion. Come on, somebody. He'll never age. He'll never get too old to fight my battle for me. And he'll remain undefeated. My champion is Jesus. If you believe that, take a moment to give God a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. While you're standing to your feet for just a moment, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Don't worry, I'm not talking about your marriage. Don't worry. Don't worry. Okay. Ephesians 5. I want to thank the good pastor, reverend, psalmist, Joshua Welton, for what he ministered last week. It really set the tone for what we're going to be hitting all month long here. Verse 8 says this in Ephesians 5. For you were once in darkness. Look at your neighbor and say, not no more. You were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Now listen, listen. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness. I love this word. And truth. Not subjective to what I'm thinking or feeling. Absolute truth. Always and forever, truth. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. How many believe that our worship and our praise and our thanks and our love pleases the Lord our God? How many okay if, if, a, if a service just turns into a worship service because it pleases God? Oh, amen. And find out what pleases, to, pleases the Lord. Does your attitude today please the Lord? Let me, let me ask you. Does your attitude today please the Lord? Is the unforgiveness that you're still hanging on to, does that please the Lord? Is your envy or strife, does that please the Lord? Does your greediness please the Lord? Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Here we go, because this is our whole sermon series. But rather, act. Expose them. Look at somebody and say, I'm exposing lies with light. Tell somebody else next to you, the person you really want to talk to anyway, I'm exposing lies with light. Amen. To greet somebody, love on somebody, you can be seated here today. Praise the Lord. Don't you just 
Don't you just love those kind of services where nothing is working before church starts? Miss Carla is so wonderful because we couldn't get this piano working for nothing. Thank you, David, for working so hard to try to make this happen. In the end, it, it, whether, you re, whether you recognize it or not, probably not because half you don't come till noon anyway. We are scrambling every Sunday as soon as resurrection gets done to get this stage ready and get our atmosphere right for you to walk in at 11.55 and feel good. And I need you to recognize that there are times where things don't go according to plan, according to design, and there are men and women on the stage that don't care about that. They want God's presence to be here so that when you do finally show up, you can feel the overwhelming love and grace and power of God. Dang, Pastor really coming at me today. Jeez. Sorry, Pastor. I'm, oh, my God, 11.30 is really, you know, I'm still tired. When, when, even though church can't start any later in the day. But 11, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I show up late. I get it. We've all got children. <laughs> Excuses. Situations. But what we're trying to do here today is we're trying to expose every lie. You showed up late just because you stayed up late. But the movie was so good. And I've been binge watching Stranger Things, Pastor. It's all good. Got it. Last week, Joshua did something awesome when he saying, let there be light, light be. The lights kind of came on. That was good coordination. I didn't work that out today. I more want to talk about what I know what happens when, when you turn the lights on. I grew up on the east side of Aurora. Waldo, middle school Waldo. Okay, Waldo. You ever walked into a dark room? like at Waldo Middle School, and then turn on the lights. What happens when the lights come on in a dark room in Waldo? Roaches scatter. They scatter. At some point, they're no longer scared of you, and then just hang out. That was just Waldo. It was Waldo Middle School. But the truth of the matter is, is, is some of you have seen this and experienced this. You walk into a dark room, you flip the lights on, and the roaches see the light, and they run. Here's what I do when, when I see a roach. I, I got my cue from, from Bruce Lee. Every time I see a roach, this is what I do. Yes, baby. Woo! Classic right there. That was for Elder Welton right there. Now, did I do anything other than turn on the light? When I turn on the light, they scatter. Because darkness has to flee. The moment light shows up. Here's what I want to declare just at the onset of this entire series. Every, every single lie that Satan has ever made you believe, we're going to see it scatter like roaches when we turn on the light of God's truth. On every depressing lie, every discouraging lie, every debilitating lie, we're exposing it with the light of God's truth. Are you ready to see those lies run like roaches? And if not, To the new Christians in the house, let me just help you just for a moment. If you are a new Christian or a new believer, don't give Satan more credit for things he doesn't even have power to do. Don't give it to him. Listen to me. He is not on God's level. This is why God can say, I, the Lord of thy God, and one beside me. 
There is no other. There is no one on his level. I just want to declare today he has no rival. He has no equal. Are there any people in the place today that understand great is my Lord? Nothing compares to him. This is why we walk into this place excited and anticipating that though my week may have been hell on earth, I'm about to experience heaven in this place because nothing compares to the presence of my God. So don't give Satan more credit than he's due. And in fact, Jesus taught us this in Luke chapter 10. Your adversary, if you will, because God has no adversary. Your adversary, the devil, according to 1 Peter 5, your adversary already is under your feet. Because I've given you the authority to trample Bruce Lee style on serpents and scorpions and literally overcome all the power of the enemy. If that doesn't build your confidence right there, I don't know what will. Satan is not on God's level and Satan's underneath my feet because Jesus has given me authority over my adversary. Okay. I'm going to slow down a little bit. Because I want you to know that Satan isn't just really good at telling lies. Satan is a liar. It's not within his character. It is his character. Jesus said this in John chapter 8. He has nothing to do with the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. It would be so much easier if every time I had to fight against the enemy, if he showed up with a pitchfork and a sinister laugh, I would know who I'm going up against. But that's not how Satan operates. In fact, most times, you don't even see him coming. Paul one time actually said he could disguise himself as an angel of light. Don't even recognize. He's already there. So let me show you what Scripture does. Scripture actually reveals to us. Now, let's, let's wax theological, so get ready to think for just a moment. Scripture reveals to us that God has marked off a, a territory, an area, in which demonic powers are able to operate until their time of judgment. Jude chapter 1, there's actually one chapter in Jude, but Jude verse 6 says this, And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority, but abandoned their proper dwelling. Check it out now. These angels, God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. Reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for judgment of that great day. Some of you have heard me show this before. A reservation is a, a special area that has been set aside or, or set apart for special occupation. Native Americans, those that live on a reservation, it is a special area that's been set aside for a special purpose. Wildlife reservations set aside for a special purpose. For those of you who really want to honor me today for lunch, you're going to make a reservation <laughs> for a special purpose. <laughs> I just love doing that to people. So what Scripture is telling us is that demons or fallen angels have a reserve, a reservation. It's a place called darkness. Now, throughout Scripture, darkness refers to sin, 
It refers to evil. But here's one that Reverend Joshua was pointing out last week that I want to make sure you get in your spirit. Darkness in Scripture refers to ignorance. Ignorance. So whenever there's darkness, that's the place where Satan has dominion. Let me, let me say it a different way. Wherever there is ignorance to the truth, this is where Satan has dominion. Ignorance to the truth. Why do you think he tries to keep you so busy that you have no time? Or keeps you so distracted that you have no desire? Because ignorance to the truth, it becomes his playground, his dominion, if you will. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4 says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. I take that to mean not just those who don't believe, but those who don't believe because they don't know. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can they believe unless someone tells them? God of this world has blinded the mind of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light. There it is of the glorious gospel of Christ. Can I just tell you right now that Satan does not mind you coming to church and singing. Satan doesn't mind you coming to church and raising your hands. Satan doesn't mind you coming sweating like pastor today. Satan does not mind you coming and acting all crazy. I'm having a good... Satan don't mind you doing backflips down the aisle. As long as you don't get a hold of God's truth, as long as you remain ignorant, he don't care how churchy you become. Just don't get a hold of the truth. So here's the truth. Satan has no real power except through our agreement. He's a liar. He has no real power except through our agreement. Think about the garden. Eve is deceived, but nothing happens until Adam agrees. The woman Adam agrees with the lie. He forfeits his dominion over to the enemy. Can I tell you, this is why your life, hear me now, this is why your life can be great in one area and garbage in another. I have met some Christians that are fantastic mothers, fantastic wives, but they are terrible with money. <laughs> Don't let any husband nudge you right now. I have met some preachers who can preach the house down. I mean, literally will make you just, oh, just get saved 10 times during service. But they're jealous of everyone else around them. You can be great in one area, but terrible in another. Why? Because wherever there is darkness or ignorance to God's truth, this is where Satan has a heyday in your life. I, I have met some of the greatest businessmen on the planet, but they're terrible fathers. Anywhere we are ignorant, to God's truth. Am I doing okay? I said, am I doing okay? Do you want me to move on? Please. I have found that the enemy is always trying to keep us ignorant of some area of God's truth in our life. At least the light exposed that lie for what it really is. What happens when I'm great in one area but terrible in another? Somewhere I came into an agreement with a lie. Somewhere I believed it was okay to make a ton of money. Praise God, because God gives me the power to prosper. But keep it all for myself. 
hmm, I just noticed that pastor hasn't taken the offering yet. I'll get there. <laughs> Somewhere we have convinced ourselves that I don't need to do everything God tells me in his word. And the truth of the matter is, this is why Satan has domain and dominion in that area where you are darkened to the truth. Mm, my God. Let me just harp on a teenager for a moment. Don't think your Snapchat that will be deleted after a period of time. You don't really know how much of my body I'm showing other people, mom and daddy. You really don't have any idea what I'm saying or what I'm doing. You have no idea about my fake Facebook accounts. Here's what I've told my son, the only one who has a phone. I will not pay for your lies. I will not pay for your sin. I will not pay for your stupidity. I won't do it. As long as you're on my bill, it will be my will. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Oh, I couldn't do that to my child. And that's why your child is living in darkness right now, because you won't stand for the truth. Until that man puts a ring on it, honey, you don't show him any part of your body. Your body is a temple, and that's the truth. I'm about to buy this CD myself. <laughs> if the God of this age, of this world, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, wherever we are ignorant to truth, darkness and the enemy have free reign to do what they can and what they will in our lives. If Satan has no real power except agreement, then I've got good news today. There is a place where Satan cannot inflict pain. A place where Satan cannot inflict loss or sorrow or sickness. That place is called heaven. You know why Satan has no dominion in heaven? Because he can't find any agreement there. This is why I need a couple Christians to constantly and boldly, not religiously, open up your mouth and pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You can't make anyone sick in heaven because they won't agree with it. You can't make anybody discouraged in heaven because they won't agree with it. You can't make anybody depressed in heaven because they won't agree with it. You can't make anybody sin or trip or fall or struggle because they won't agree. And that's why I pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Here's what I want to do right now. I want to tell you some of Satan's favorite lies. And let's expose them with light. Is this okay? Can we just expose some lies with light today? You already were, Pastor, talking about my Snapchat. Shame on you. 
Many of you have heard this one. The enemy will tell you this lie. He'll say, you can't completely trust God. Some things you just have to do yourself. Any honest people ever heard this lie before? You can't completely trust God. I said honest people. Some things you just have to do for yourself. And that's why you started dating no dude. And how'd that work out for you? Some things I just got to do for myself. Because I've been praying and I've been believing and I've been asking. I've even been fasting and nothing's happening. Ask Abraham how that worked out. He was given a promise. And at some point, he no longer completely trusted God. I'm always curious when you face a problem. Is the first thing you say to yourself, how can I fix this? Or is the first thing you say, Lord, you better help me. Completely trusting God. And can I tell you, when you begin to completely trust God, you will become Satan's biggest nightmare. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brothers, my sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in his mighty power. It goes on to say this, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the schemes of the devil. Listen to me. You can't completely trust God because he is completely trustworthy. Instead of trying to do it on your own, just take your stand in God's mighty power. And having done all to stand, just keep standing knowing God's got this. I want to expose that lie. You can trust him completely. Maybe you've heard this lie. Change is hard, so just stay the same. Besides, God loves you just the way you are. I love what Max O'Connell said one time. He said, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. The scriptures say like this, 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Listen now, we are being transformed into the same image of Jesus from glory to glory. Don't believe the lie that you have to and you should stay the way you are. Understand that if you follow Jesus, that implies there's some steps I'm going to have to take. And maybe you're in a season or a time period right now where I'm not sure where to go or what to do. I've been idle in my faith. I've been idle in my giving. I've been idle in my serving. But if you're going to follow the Lord, those who walk in the, those who live in the Spirit have to walk in the Spirit. The Spirit of God has a cadence. He has a pace, and he's never standing still for any length of time. The kingdom of heaven, it suffers violence, and the violent are forcefully advancing his kingdom. Don't believe the lie that you're fine the way you are. It's okay to get some healing. It's okay to get some rest, but don't stand still. There's a forward movement, a forward progression, a higher calling, a greater purpose on your life. It's time to stop living like you refuse it and say I will be just like Jesus and that brother never stopped even on the cross he was still doing business even dead he was kicking Satan's tail even now 
seated at the right hand of the Father, he is making intercession for you and I. You can't stay the same. You cannot if you're really following after Jesus. Any followers of Jesus Christ in the house today? Anybody just sensing in your spirit that it's, I need to take another step forward? I, I need to step into what's next. Anybody just sensing that right now? If that's you, just raise your hands. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Men and women are sensing that the enemy wants them to remain stagnant, but not your spirit. Your spirit is getting behind us and forcing us, encouraging us, leading us, guiding us into all truth to take that next step of faith. Thank you, Lord. It's happening today, fam. It's happening even today. Let's expose another lie. How about this lie? Everybody sins, so yours isn't a big deal. Besides, God will forgive you anyway. Usually, most baby Christians kind of buy into this lie. I'm actually shocked when veterans still believe this. Besides, God will forgive you. Now, that's true. He will forgive you, but you're using it as a means to justify your sin. You're not using it as a means to God, forgive me and get me out of this. You're just simply saying, well, I'll keep doing it because I know he will forgive me. Now, what does that say of your understanding of God's love and grace? Everybody sins. Here's what you do forget when you justify your sin. You forget that the enemy isn't sitting back, twiddling his thumbs. Your enemy, your adversary, is actively, actively warring for your eternal soul. And you think, it's okay. It's okay. God will forgive me anyway. Can I just encourage somebody today? Stop justifying your sin. Today, begin to live in freedom from sin. Scripture says this in Galatians 5, for you have been called to live in freedom. Don't use your freedom then to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I just, I just want to know if there's anybody that agrees with me. We need to squash this lie once and for all. I mean, literally, just Bruce Lee, this bad boy, once and for all. And just simply say, no more will I justify my sinful nature. No more will I say it's okay. I wouldn't, if you're going to sin, you might as well just go all the way in. Ooh, I never heard a pastor say that before. Because you have freedom. And if you are living in freedom, why keep going back to bondage again and again and again? You can live free from it. You can live liberated from it. You don't have to go back to it. So stop justifying it and living freedom from it. Amen? Ooh, it got really quiet all of a sudden. Darkness hates the light. I get it. If you've sat in darkness for hours, when someone flips the light on, it hurts. Stop believing the lie of the enemy that everybody has sin. There are a few of us that are doing all we can to not sin at all, trying to live right. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm just simply saying that the perfect one is in us. Ooh, and he's convicting us and leading us and keeping us 
from falling back into the habits of sin. How many believe we all can have that kind of freedom? Come on, I believe I can live in that kind of freedom. Thank you, Lord. Here's the, the reverse to that lie. To those who justify what you do, the others of you hear this kind of lie. You don't deserve God's grace, so do everything you can to earn it. You're on the opposite end of the spectrum. You're not justifying your sin. You're doing all you can to work for your salvation. Feel like you have to earn the grace of God. Now, here's just my understanding. Anytime we feel like we have to earn God's grace, we end up like Martha, stressed out, frustrated, literally feeling inadequate, and then judging other people for what they're not doing. Those of you who are so judgmental, in your own walk with God, it's because you feel you have to earn something. And because I have to earn it, they should have to earn it as well. Shame on you. That's not, that's not grace. You know, my, my question to you is just simply this. Why are we so focused on earning something that we've already been given? And would it be grace if I had to earn it in the first place? Romans eleven six. If by grace then it cannot be based on works. If it were works, grace would no longer be grace. You don't have to earn this. You can't anyway. God has freely given us his grace. God, of his own choice, of his own desire, of his own love, has said, you can't earn this, but I want to give it to you anyway. And this is part of the reason why I never get discouraged, or I never get broken or upset, or I ever allow the enemy to condemn me in my sin, because I remember God's grace is greater than every one of my sins. And I don't spin my wheels trying to earn something that he gave me 2,000 years ago. I just rejoice in what I've been given. You don't deserve God's grace, so do everything you can to earn it. Call it what it is. It's a lie. All right. Let me give you this one. I've been waiting for this one. I'm excited about this one. You've heard this lie. Many of you repeated this lie. Number five, all the church wants, all the pastor wants, is my money. You hear this lie. You don't need to give. You don't need to tithe. How many honest people, oh, here we go, watch out, are practicing this lie right now? Don't raise your hands. All the church wants is my, if that was all I wanted, that would be all I talked about. And I saved it for point number five, an hour and 10 minutes into the church service. It's not all I want. Yes, the church wants your money, but that's not all we want for you. We want you to have God's blessings, God's healing, God's provision, God's joy, God's hope, God's love, God's power, God's authority, God's wisdom. We want so much more for you than just your money. So let me put it like this, okay? The reason some of us don't tithe isn't because we don't have it. It's because we come into agreement with lies. You believe it's yours. That's why you say it that way. All the pastor wants is my money. Okay? There's three groups of people in this room. Three groups of givers right now. 
First group, you say this, I share with God when I want to. It's all mine. I earned it. I worked for it. I deserve it. I can do what I want with it because it's mine. You say, I share with God when I want to. Second group says this, I share with God because I have to. I know what the Bible says, so in obedience, I give my 10%, but the other 90% is mine to do with whatever I want to, okay? I love this third group. The third group says, it's all God's anyway, and he shares it with me. Hmm. What kind of lie have we believed about money? What kind of lie? Here's what you need to understand. Jesus made it clear that you cannot serve two masters. And you know what those two masters were? It wasn't God and Satan. It wasn't God and sin. It wasn't God and yourself. The two masters Jesus spoke about that you cannot serve is God and money. Am I doing Okay. Anytime you talk about money, you can, you can just feel people shutting you out. All of a sudden, they're Snapchatting. <laughs> it's all God's anyway, and he shares it with me. It all belongs to him, and he shares it with me. He owns it all, and he calls me to be a steward of what he's given me. Hmm. The Bible makes it very clear. That God will be faithful and loyal and will bless when we give. He'll bless what we give. At the end of the Old Covenant, Malachi chapter 3, God proposes this question, will a man rob God? I propose the question today, how many of us would rob God? I mean, if he was standing right in front of us, how many of us would rob God? Heck no. No way I wouldn't. But then he goes on to say, but you've already robbed me in tithe and in offering of what's mine. The first is mine. The 10% is mine. God, it's mine. You don't touch it. It's mine. Yes, we know it all belongs to God, but that 10% is his. I don't mess with it. I don't. But this, this command to tithe carries such a heavy promise with it. That the enemy wants to make us believe God won't bless. How can I live on 90% or less? I'm barely making it as it is. Understand what God says in Malachi 3.10. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Here it is. And pour you out a blessing. If you, are, if you have a Bible in front of you, make sure you underline a blessing. I will pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough literally to to receive it all, to store it all. Do you understand that God has so much in one blessing? (laughs) Oh, this gets me excited. There is so much in just one blessing from God that you could not even receive everything. Listen to me. Now is the time to stop believing the lies that the church wants your money and tell Satan, I want God's blessing upon what I have. And if just one blessing will overwhelm me in such a way I can't receive it all, then I'm going to do it God's way. 
all right, I'm just going to take the offer right now. And I'm not even done preaching. I'm just going to take the offer right now. Heavenly Father, every man and woman in this room has purpose to give something today. They have purpose to give something. Now, it may not have been to you, Lord, but they have purpose to give something. Some point today, they're going to pull out their debit card or their cash or write a check for something. They've already purposed in their heart, this is what I'm going to do. Heavenly Father, I would just ask you right now to reveal truth to their minds and their hearts and their lives. You're not asking for anything. You're not willing to give back 30, 60, and 100 fold. Right now, let truth just permeate every lie within you. If you got a check this week or you're getting one this coming week, purpose in your heart right now. 10% of this belongs to God. It's His. I will not touch what's His. Even greater, 100% of this check is His. But He's letting me keep 90 to do with what I need. My God. Get this in your heart right now, fam. Get this in your heart. The things we want to do for this city are going to require you to start giving. It's going to require you to start tithing. Really. In essence, probably less than half of the congregation tithes on a consistent basis. Wow, what could we do if the other half of you just started doing what the Word of God says to do? What could we accomplish? My God, I'm not asking you for your money. I'm asking you to decide who your God is. The Almighty or money? You get to pick today. You get to choose. So, Father, I thank you right now in this moment as we are preparing our tithe and our offering. God, that we give it with joy. You love a cheerful giver. You have such, so much to give us just in one blessing. We're just going to test you and trust you in this. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now normally I would dismiss you to give, but I got one last point to make. I'll let you give after this. The last lie the enemy, that I'm going to point out that the enemy tells us, because I know many of you have heard all sorts of lies or fabrications or some form of the truth. Let me give you one last lie the enemy throws at you. The enemy will tell you that your past will always define you. How many times have you heard this one? Your past will always define you. How many of you understand it doesn't even take Satan to say this one to you? Just somebody you know who knows what you've done brings it up. Satan doesn't even have to do his job anymore. He doesn't have to accuse you of anything. You've got people around you doing Satan's job for him. Remind you of everything you've done wrong. The way they look at you. The way they talk to you. The way they don't talk to you. The way they treat you. The way they whisper about you to other people. Come on, someone. We've all seen it. Satan doesn't have to accuse us anymore. Christians pick up his, his job for him. And they'll try to tell you your past defines you. You know what I tell him? Liar. Christ defines me. I'll say it again. Christ defines me. Think about what scripture says in Colossians 3 3. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You know what I tell Satan? My past self, my current self, and my future self are all defined by what Jesus did for me and what he's still doing within me. I'm not who I was. I am who he has made me, and I will be what he has called me.
past doesn't define me. Christ defines me. My God. Some of you were the worst of sinners, but look at you now. You holy saint, you. Hallelujah. Can I just find some agreement today? Can you just lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord. I'm not what I was. Ooh, I'm not what I could have been. I have been transformed. I have been completely and eternally changed. My past doesn't define me. Christ defines me. I want you to know this. We can't stop all of Satan's lies. Thanks, son. Literally, I, I can't stop all of Satan's lies. I've tried and I can't. See what I've learned to do? I've learned to block his lies with the word of God. I asked Pastor Joshua for these headphones because they're noise-canceling headphones. I kind of heard that. Here's the truth of the matter. When I hear Satan spewing that garbage at me again about what I've done, about how I have to earn grace, about I can go ahead and keep sinning because God will forgive me anyway. I don't have to give. Or When I hear his nonsense coming at me, I plug into God. I just plug. I, I, I plug That's a lie from the enemy. I blocked it out with the truth of God. I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what you're hoping for. But if you need a reprieve from lies, you have got to learn to plug in to truth and say, I refuse to hear what you are saying. My family's always going to be discouraged. My family's always going to be depressed. My family's always going to be in lack. My family's always going to be in doubt. My family will never get saved. Oh, I say you're a liar. I ain't hearing that. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Every generational curse is broken. Every lie we believe is exposed by the light. My family will love God, serve God. We will be blessed. We will prosper. Out here, I hear his lies all the time. When I lock into God's word, I don't even know if you're in many me on right now. I can't hear the lies he's spewing because I'm plugged in to the truth of God's word. I expose lies with light and his word is light. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.